Welcome to the third episode of the Mantownfootball.com podcast, season two. Limited squad tonight. It's just me and Arizona Ron here. How you doing, Ron? Doing it. Doing a big couple Bud Lights. Ready to go. Oh, that's great, Ron. I got a Treehouse Curiosity 50 in front of me right now. Um, had a great had a great actual sour from the answer down in Richmond earlier today. So I'm doing good. You know, there's a little couple pieces of news, I guess, that we could just quickly talk about. It's been a couple of weeks since we've got together for a show. You know, there's some 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 terrible news about LaShawn McCoy, some accusations about some pretty big character issues. You know, we don't really like to get into those things on here. But you know, the guy was already 29-year-old running back. His yards per carries went or yards per carry went down last year. This has to, you know, make him even more of a flyer almost at this point in drafts, right? What are you doing with him? I mean, I think he's he's probably undraftable for me, and he was already going to be on a bad offense. They probably weren't going to score too many touchdowns as it was. Now he might not even play. I mean, if if Zeke Elliott got how many how, how many games did he get last year? Five, six games. I mean, McCoy's got to be in line for more. Yeah. And I mean, these accusations are all over the map. They're, you know, obviously, you know, abuse and things like that. But on top of that, there's also drug drug use that might, you know, affect him that is testable also. So, um, I mean, do you think yeah, I mean, up we're to- in a couple best balls right now and he really hasn't been taken in the ninth or tenth round? It, it's interesting because best ball, a lot of people talk about best balls where it's, you know, good idea to take a flyer, but. It's almost if you if you have a guy that doesn't play at all, that's kind of a really big blow to your team right off the bat. So I don't know if, if we would even be interested in taking him even in the 20th round just because you can't lose that roster spot. For me, I'm just assuming that he's getting suspended for half or more of the season right now. And like you said, 29 year old running back. I mean, he's got he's got some tread off his tires. I mean, I think he. I mean, who do you think this opens up the best opportunity for? Do you are you a Chris Ivory guy? You think they sign Adrian Peterson? Do you think Demarco Murray unretires right away? What's your take on that? I mean, if I'm the Bills, I'm kind of in a rebuild, anyways. Where is it really worth it to just add one of those older running backs and try to keep it together with glue? I mean, you already have Ivory. I guess I would give him a chance, but I mean, I haven't even looked. They didn't even really add any young running backs. Where I would just assume somebody. You know, somebody gets cut from someone else and they get added. Uh, maybe, you know, a rookie doesn't make a team and they, they add a couple of guys later on in camp. I kind of would be just keeping my eye open on, on NFL waivers and see who they add late. But I don't think it's going to be a guy that's been in the league for a long time because they're just not good enough to really, you know, bring in a star like that. Like, not only that, are they, they're not good enough, but none of those guys are going to want to play for them in their career. You know, I mean, I can't see Peterson wanting to go there. DeMarco Murray coming back out to want to go there. Like, so it's got to be a young guy, I think. Yeah, I think you just fade the whole situation. I mean, it's, it's going to be a bad offense once again. So not losing too much by not even trying to put a chip in on that. Okay, and then moving on to, I guess, the most recent big piece of news is Le'Veon Bell did not come to an agreement with the Steelers. Um, I had a chance to acquire Bell in one of the dynasty leagues that I'm in. You know, for me personally, I just keep thinking he's going to get hurt anyways. So it's not really a player that I've looked to add. I'm, you know, we've talked about on podcasts before. I kind of think of a guy who's made it this long without injury. He's due for an injury, not necessarily injury prone guys keep getting hurt. I kind of just play the odds. So, you know, I was never really into bell um, this coming season, but you know, what do you think? Do you think this gives him more incentive to play hard or, 
you know, do you think the the Steelers are going to take it easy with him? Are they going to pound him into the ground? Like, what does this make you think about Bell? I think he just is going to get run into the ground. I mean, they got to assume this is his last year. And this is going to be a horrible stat. I should actually have it in front of me. But if they were to franchise tag him again, it's something exorbitant, like 25% on top of like whatever he got, the 15 million he's supposed to get this year or whatever it is. So it's going to be cost prohibitive for them to be able to franchise tag him again. So he's almost certainly out the door. And it, I mean, just contract wise, do you think he could even come close? They, uh, Ian Rappaport had reported that they were going to offer him five years, 70 million uh, for the Steelers. But I, I don't think he could possibly get more than that next year as because he's going to be a 27 year old running back. I, I mean, yeah, I, I saw that and I don't understand what he thinks is fair value. You know, I mean, that locks you up till you're 31 years old and 70 million dollars. Like you said, I can't imagine this year going the way that he gets more money next year from someone. Because if he gets a million carries, then there's more tread on the tires, and why would anyone pay? And if he gets hurt, why would anyone pay for an old guy coming off an injury? So, yeah, I don't know what his agent is thinking that he deserves, especially with the devalue of the position nowadays. Yeah, I just think a couple of dynasty things. I mean, if you're buying him, I think you're buying him for this year and maybe next year, and after that, I got to think that these the mileage kind of adds up to them. And I also don't think that there's anyone on the current Steelers roster that's going to replace him next year. I wouldn't be trying to buy into James Conner or Jalen Samuel. None of those none of those guys. I, I think they're running backs not on their roster right now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't even really know much about Samuels until until, you know, the rookie drafts kind of started and. I guess people are saying that he he reminds them a lot of David Johnson back in the day, that he was more of a pass catcher than anything else. So I guess he's something to keep an eye on. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I just keep going back to even this year, you look at this last year, you know, I was in a, I was in an auction draft last year and the three big running backs that people spent tons of money on were Zeke Bell and David Johnson. And Bell was the only one that, that really survived without injuries or suspension. So got to assume that this year he's not going to survive. You know, I mean, this year, the big three have, have added, there's more, there's more guys that are up there, but I think these top running backs, it's just not a position that they, that they hold up regardless of talent. Yeah. Don't sell the farm to get one of these guys. No, I agree. All right, so you know that's really it for the news that we have. You know, for now, again, this is a slow time of the year, so we're going to continue on our our tour of the league. This time, we're heading south, so we're going to go with the AFC South first, and then later on, we'll move to the NFC South. Um, this is the third third of the four part series, um, and then next time we will do the West Coast team. So, you know, just us two today. We'll we'll see. You know, hopefully, the questions I come up with kind of stir some conversation between the two of us. And if not, Ron, you just fire back with your own question. So, you know, the Titans, you know, there's, I guess there's a couple of things that we could talk about, but I'm going to go with the easy one on this team. You know, what do you think about Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry? Are you, are you a Derrick Henry guy? Let's begin there. Never been a Derrick Henry guy. Turtle has been trying to get me on Derrick Henry for years and I just can't do it. It's um, some of these players, too. It's not even necessarily how they perform statistically. And I know that's all that fantasy matters about. Derrick Henry's just too big and stiff for me. I see him running. I'm like, fuck this guy. I can't I can't rely on this every week. And he 
I mean, all of his big, all of his points came from big plays last year, whether it's like a breakaway screen as his last play of the game that gets him a 60 yard touchdown. I mean, I, I can't, I don't like how he runs and I don't like how it looks. And I don't think, I don't think he's ever going to be kind of the quote unquote bell cow kind of guy. He's never going to be never going to get the receptions. I don't think that this, this coaching staff isn't married to him. They're not the one who signed him They They signed Dion Lewis. So I think that the carries are at least kind of a 50, 50 split with, you know, Dion Lewis getting more of the receiving work. So I'm not, I've never been a Derrick Henry guy. And I think his ADP is way too high right now. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree about his ADP being high. It's weird because a lot of people don't like him, yet he still goes so early. Um, There's always in, one guy. In everything, in best ball and dynasty. I mean, he's still, if you look at the ADP, he still goes high somehow. I I have him on one team, and I can't, I've, I've only really had him on that one team. And, you know, last year was so tough because it seemed like, you know, I like that you said that because he did have big, big plays a lot of times, but you could never predict what game that was going to happen. And he never really got the touches. So I'm just kind of hoping, kind of what you said about the new staff, but I'm just hoping the new staff finds a way to use him better than the old staff because, yeah, they're not married to him, but I'm still hoping that maybe, you know, they're creative offense and maybe they can, you know, find a better way to use him. So I do like Deion Lewis, I think, for his price, um, especially, you know, if you're looking for a running back help. I think, you know, not a lot of people are really sold on him either he's cheaper I mean I do think that I think I think you and I both sound like we would agree that Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis probably will score about the same number of fantasy points this year yeah but I'd rather I'd rather have Deion Lewis at his less inflated cost right it's about 50 spots lower in ADP to get Deion Lewis for probably the same production so I think the biggest the the two biggest questions I guess I have for the Titans are is Marcus Mariota going to kind of rebound to kind of come back to form of what we all thought he would be last year? And why the fuck is Delaney Walker going so late in all these drafts? I mean, I'm going to have him on literally every team I have to draft this year if if his ADP holds like where it's at. I can't even believe like how how late he's going. So to the first question, I think Mariota is definitely a bounce back. I mean, I heard on the podcast the other day that people tend to forget that he got hurt late in the season the year before him and Derek Carr. I forget what podcast. Did you hear that this week? No, I haven't had a chance to listen to a lot this week. Someone was talking about how both those guys had off seasons, but they also got hurt at the end of the season before, and they both were having pretty good years the season before. So. It was like the same injury too, right? It was like they're a weird ligament in their knee. Right, it was kind of a strange one. Um, so they, you know, it wasn't like a broken broken leg for Carr or something. Yeah, I forget what it was. Um, but anyway, so they both might have had limited time, you know, to get over their injury and you know, timing wise with the receivers, still young guys. Um, we've talked before. I I am obsessed with Corey Davis. I think he was hurt a lot this year, but I think he's the type of number one receiver that opens up the whole offense. So I do believe in Mariota. I think he's going to have a great season. As far as Delaney, I think it really just comes down to that number 34 next to his name. I mean, he is an old player. You know, I think Jonu Smith could could do exactly what Delaney does. I don't think I don't think if Delaney's healthy, he will take over. But I think that you know, if an injury happens, I think it's just in that offense that guy could produce. So, yeah, I mean, I like Delaney until he until he goes down. I mean, he didn't show any signs last year of slowing down. I think he scored – I think he only had a few touchdowns last year, so he's due for, you know, positive regression in the touchdown department. So, yeah, I agree. I, 
I think I think the answer is just seeing a 34 year old. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to think he won't get hurt. Grab him late, folks. All right, so on to the Jaguars. I mean, this one nobody has any idea what's going on with the, with any of the pass catchers. I mean, give me some names of guys that that you wanna that you wanna invest in in the pass catching department, whether it be Austin Safarian Jenkins or you know any of those other receivers that they either added or retained. I mean, I have always liked Austin Safarian Jenkins. Um, just a big athletic guy i mean just never put it together you saw a little bit with the jets last year um i think he's my guy this year but the wide if you go strictly on the wide receivers i don't know what the hell's going on there i mean people have loved moncrief and i don't know if it's because he was associated with luck this whole time um but i mean between him keelan cole dd westbrook marquise lee who is coming on I don't know where where to go with this. I I almost lean toward Dede Westbrook because I feel like that's where they were looking a lot toward the end of the season. I know Keelan Cole had a huge game against the Texans, and I actually, weirdly enough, watched a YouTube cut-up of all of his targets this morning, and he's okay, but I mean, I those scrawny guys like that that aren't particularly fast, that just doesn't seem like the recipe for success for me. We saw Dede Westbrook do it in college. We saw him flash in the preseason. He was hurt with core, a core um, muscle injury earlier in the year and then came back and saw heavy target volume toward the end. And it seemed like Blake Bortles kind of trusted him. I would almost late, uh, try to try to buy D Westbrook. Cause all these guys are, all these guys are pretty cheap right now. I mean, are you still stuck on Moncrief? I mean, I, it's weird. I think I am on Moncrief. I have him in a lot of places still and not necessarily still cause I kept him, but you know, in one league I drafted him in the sixth round of a rookie draft cause he was just staring me in the face I mean, oh, let's before, you know, before we continue with that, do you think, do you think it matters? Do you think like there is a receiver worth startable in this offense? If it, you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, if a receiver emerges, do you think that Bortles is good enough and the offense will throw enough that it, that it is a relevant position? Well, I mean, I think this team's a lot different than the team that fueled Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson thousand yard seasons, you know, three years ago. I mean, that, that team didn't have nearly as strong of a defense and really was in comeback mode the whole time. So I think the dynamics of the team have changed where they're not going to throw even close to enough to support multiple weapons like they did in that fairy tale season. So you are looking at a run heavy team, but there are touchdowns. I mean, Mercedes Lewis had the game against Baltimore last year where he scored a couple touchdowns in London. Yeah, the London game, right? I mean, I... I think there this is one of this is another one of those situations where you can roll the dice late. You might even be able to take two or three of these pieces and just see if someone hits cuz you can get all of these pieces super super late. So I feel like one guy could emerge. Um I don't think that there is a top 12 option at wide receiver here. Uh I don't even know if there's a top 24 option at wide receiver here, but I think it's so late in drafts that you can get these guys that you could find a pretty solid, you know, wide receiver 29 overall kind of guy, a solid wide receiver three uh, out of kind of thin air here in the in the later double digit rounds. I guess what I what I think um, about the offense is, you know, their running game is so good that they're going to be a team that, you know, takes a lot of deep shots. So, you know, I would almost say as a bold prediction that Bortles might lead the NFL in 50 yard touchdown passes this year. I mean, and it seems like that's the receiving core they're trying to build, just these burners. 
um, you know, these, you know, DJ Tark and, and Westbrook and all those guys that can just win one-on-one deep. And I, I do think that, you know, whoever wins the role, I mean, I think after week one, we're going to see some kind of trend in terms of snap count. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, Moncrief gets 50 snaps and Westbrook gets 50 snaps and then the other guys get a couple. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Marquise Lee is going to be out there every play. I think he's more of a third down guy. Um, yeah, I do. I do think that there will be a receiver of value. Um, I agree with you there. I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, secretly, I'm hoping Moncrief one year, 9 million, I think is a decent amount of money, but it really could be anybody. Um, I think Moncrief is just so, so cheap. Like compared the same thing we just talked about with Deion Lewis, Derek Henry. I don't think there's, there's any chance that it is, you know, more of a chance that's going to be Chark or Westbrook or Moncrief. And everyone is just so mad at Moncrief for the past few seasons. Like he, you can't trade him away for a fourth where, I mean, Chark, you can at least get a second or third fourth still. So it's just funny that a guy, you know, this is one of those situations where startup ADP, I don't think Moncrief's ADP on there matches what he's really worth because he's not as low as you would think on there. And if you're in an existing league, you can't do anything with him. That's because John Brown has more 200-yard games than Moncrief has 100-yard games. <laughs> Boy, John Brown, you snuck him in here in the <laughs> AFC South. All right, next team I have is the Texans. And I want to talk about the tight ends here. So, uh, you know, we have two guys back, Ryan Griffin, Stephen Anderson. UConn? Where is he from? Ryan Griffin's from UConn. Oh, nice. You boys with him or what? Oh, no, I wish, man. That was my boy. You didn't give him papers? You didn't like copy, let him copy off you or anything? No, no, but uh, my roommate from college did go to alcohol withdrawal class uh, with Dan Orvalowski, which was pretty sweet. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, And then the last guy they drafted rookie, I think it's Jordan Atkins. Is that correct? Yep. Um, And so, you know, it seems on on the surface, it seems like, you know, a, a team that who cares? You know, they have the quarterback, they have a couple of great receivers. You know, but one thing I want to remind everyone is that Bill O'Brien came through the ranks as a tight ends coach. And, you know, when CJ Fedorowicz was health was healthy, he'd get five, six targets a game. I mean, they like to play multiple tight end sets. You know, Bill O'Brien was on the Patriots staff, I believe, when Gronk and Hernandez wasn't murdering people. So I mean, I think that there is going to be a tight end worth something out of this group, and I have no idea who it is. Do you agree that that we should be looking there or? No, no, I I think this is kind of the other way. I would lean less with the coaching staff and more with what the quarterback likes. And he, Deshaun Watson, when he was in, seemed to just target Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins almost, almost completely and totally. I think that Ryan Griffin and Steven Anderson kind of are what they are. And Jordan Atkins is kind of a converted baseball player, tight end rookie which usually is not the recipe for success. See Hayden Hurst this year. So I would say that I am the only real options that I'm looking for in the Houston Texans passing game are the two main wide receivers. I know Kiki Kute has been getting a lot of buzz lately as kind of like a slot guy taking over for Braxton Miller, but I would fade all the tight ends. I would fade Kiki Kute and I would, I would concentrate on, and my major question, I guess is, do you think that Will Fuller is even worth anything this year? Because he was on a torrid pace of just touchdowns with Deshaun Watson. But what, what do you think? Um, 
I mean, he did it the year before too. He scored a lot of touchdowns, especially right off the bat in his rookie year. So, so I mean, what what do you think Will Fuller's outlook is for this year? And and I mean, comment on tight ends, obviously too. Well, I mean, I don't really have much of a comment on tight ends. I think I think you're kind of right. I mean, I'm still going to pay attention there, but last year was kind of a loss year for the tight ends in their offense, also. So, and that could have been more on Watson. I think you bring up good points there. Um, as far as Fuller, I don't love the guy, and it seems like everything you hear is that he's overrated, but I don't think he is, you know, I mean, I think, I think he's not very expensive, you know, so I think he might be worth a second round pick. And I don't know if owners will give him away for that. I wouldn't pay a first, but I don't think anyone would expect a first. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that pace is something anyone could keep up obviously, but I mean, they're pretty, they're going to be a pretty good team, pretty good offense. And he's never going to get double covered. I mean, how could you double cover him and leave Hopkins? You know, unless they're just going to let let them run all over you. So, yeah, I don't. It's funny everyone talks about how overrated he is, but I don't think his value shows that. Would you rather right now Cortland Sutton or Will Fuller? Will Fuller. I mean, that's one twelve right there. Then I mean, you're. I yeah, mean, I know Will you're Fuller. Big... I mean, but that also speaks to. I think Cortland Sutton will be the better player eventually, but I just don't. I'm in the mindset right now that I, I have I have a lot of teams I think can compete and I don't want to wait around for a rookie receiver. At least, you know, especially in FFPC like we play majority, you don't have time to you know have a roster spot held up by a guy that you can't start all year. To be honest with you, I think I'm starting to think I the way I build my teams, I would love to have if I'm running a four wide receiver set in that double flex position, I would love to have Will Fuller as my wide receiver four because he throws that variability of scoring a shitload of points some weeks. And I'm okay with his, you know, three, four, five, six point weeks. If he's going to hit me with like a 25 every once in a while, because those, those are absolutely league winner or like, or week winner over the top kind of, kind of points that I like. So, I mean, when I'm building teams, I'm looking for guys like Will Fuller to throw into my wide receiver, three wide receiver, four spot to add that kind of variance to my lineup. Yeah, and you know what? I almost think if you're a Hopkins owner, he's he's almost like a pseudo handcuff, not in terms of Hopkins injury, but in terms of if Hopkins doesn't have a huge week, that means Fuller is going to. So, you know, if you have him in your lineup, you might want to put Fuller at the back end um, just in, in the hope that he has a big game, you know. Um, okay, let's stick with tight ends and move on to the Colts here. And I know that you love Eric Ebron, so tell me how strong that love is. Well, I mean, it's partially love for Eric Ebron and partially hate for Jack Doyle. I mean, I just can't. Jack Doyle, I know he produced at a tight end one level last year. But, I mean, he reminds me of Jesse James, like, with Pittsburgh. I mean, it's just these jag, like, minus athlete, just big white guys that can just run two yards from the line of scrimmage and then turn around and catch something and fall down. I mean, those aren't guys... If they get the volume with a guy who just came in, Jacoby Brissett, like from another team on, at week one, then that's fine. But I don't think year to year you can rely on a guy like Jack Doyle to put up tight end one numbers because he he brings nothing, n- nothing from an athletic standpoint. I mean, he's just a big guy out there. So for me, there's tons and tons and tons of targets in Indianapolis. T.Y. Hilton's really your only option right now. I'm presuming for the second straight year that Andrew Luck's coming back. So they're going to throw the ball 600 plus times. I mean, there's, I don't think it's unrealistic to say that Eric Ebron 
is the wide receiver two on that team. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, he's gotta, he's gotta demand in the 80 to hundred target range. See, but my, uh, my concern, I guess, is if there's any position where you don't have to be athletic to have success, it's tight end. I mean, look at Jason Witt in the past few years, look at Cameron Brait. I mean, there's something to be said for being a smart player, you know, in the middle of the field and being able to understand zone coverage and finding soft spots in the zone and, you know, using your body to create space in the red zone. So, I mean, Doyle's done it two years in a row this year with a terrible offense and terrible quarterback. I mean, I can't, I can't say that I don't believe in Jack Doyle at this point, especially since they've already re-signed him to a bigger contract extension um, you know, before last season, I mean, I can, I can understand it with Jesse James because he, the team hasn't, you know, shown any kind of, you know, faith in him in terms of money or anything like that. But I mean, Ebron, Ebron could be the field stretcher that a lot of these teams are looking for at tight end and an athletic mismatch. But if he's, if he's not smart enough to, you know, understand coverage on the fly and make route adjustments, and if he doesn't understand blitz pickup and you know if he still has issues with the drops then then i think he's just the same old eric ebron so i think he's a position you know he it seems like eric ebron is a tight end that every nfl team wants to have and jack doyle is a tight end that almost every nfl team ends up having you know so i I don't know i mean i do think the upside is there i do think he's going to play regardless i don't think like you're saying and a lot of people you know have said you know that you're listening to other podcasts that I don't think it's an issue of him beating out Jack Doyle because I think they're going to both be on the field a ton. So I think you're right. I mean, I think there is, there is easily a world where he's a number two pass catcher, but I mean, I don't, I don't know that I, I truly believe like I looked at his signing as an opportunity to buy low on Doyle. Now that hasn't happened for me. Um, But, but that's kind of how I looked at it. When you're building a team, and you have a guy like Eric Ebron, are, do you think it's a smarter move to c- combine like a good tight end, like having like a Gronk Ertz, um, one of those guys, Kelsey, with a guy like Eric Ebron with a high ceiling? Or do you like to just do like the cobble together, like a ASJ, Ebron, um, break kind of thing, like some sort of like three later guys? Like, what do you think is a smarter move with a guy like Ebron where there's so much like uncertainty and high ceiling, low floor? I mean, I think if you're going to roster Ebron, it's better to have other guys that you know you can start, especially this year coming into a new offense. Like if he was on my team, I would I would really not want to start him for a month to make sure I know what I'm going to get, um, especially a tight end, you know, week to week. Who knows? It's volatile, who, how many targets they get. So, I mean, tight end, the way it is now, you're you're looking for either a touchdown or – eight targets every week. You know what I mean? It's, I, I wouldn't want to have a chance, you know, I wouldn't want to go into a week thinking that he was going to be my, my best tight end until at least the middle of the season. All right, let's move on to NFC South. So uh, we will start this one with the New Orleans Saints. Um, you know, for this team, I just, you know, I wrote down Cameron Meredith or someone else. I know the news came out on Road World today that, you know, he's aiming to be back at the start of the season. I mean, I got excited when he signed there because it seems like we've been waiting, you know, um, ever since Marquise Colston retired for that, you know, that possession receiver to show back up. 
I know that Michael Thomas can do it, but you know, right now, after Michael Thomas, I don't know who's next in line. What do you? I mean, is there a tight end or a receiver that you're excited about other than Michael Thomas? Well, let me ask you, and this will kind of be my follow-up question answer. Do you believe in teams just completely being awesome at drafting positions? Yes, I do. (laughs) So for me, I mean, this team nailed Marquise Colston late, nailed Brandon Cooks in the first, nailed Michael Thomas in the second. So Traquan Smith, I mean, is this just like another one in a lineage? It's just like the Steelers where they just nailed Mike Wallace late, nailed Antonio Brown late, nailed Juju Smith-Schuster. They traded up to get him. Now they have James Washington. It's like a similar situation where it's like these teams, and then you get the opposite end where the Patriots can't fucking figure out how to draft a single wide receiver anywhere. So or I mean, the Ravens. I, 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 yeah, I feel like there's these teams that are just awesome at drafting certain positions and it really perks me up when I see a freak athlete, a guy who I, I think kind of reminded me of Demarius Thomas in college, like look wise of his game, a little herky jerky, but you can tell just like an absolute beast athlete. I I'm, I'm starting to figure like want to throw some, some late chips on Traquan Smith. I think that that's my guy for this year. Um, if anyone emerges from like the wide receiver two position there, I've never been a Cameron Meredith guy. The injuries scare me, but just the UDFA status, I can, I can, for better or worse, never, never get that out of my mind. So I have Trayvon Smith in a few spots, but he's like right on the bubble. You know, he's one of those guys where if waiver wires come up week two, that he might, you know, not be able to make my team for long. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of like to see a little bit more buzz. I saw something recently that he was, you know, developing and getting in the playbook pretty well. Um, but even still, I mean, I don't know if he profiles to be the type of receiver that I like, you know, I like the possession guy. So, I mean, I would think that he is, you know, kind of just a bigger deep, deep threat, you know, in that offense, they like to have one. Don't you think that he's going to be, you know, in the same mold as, you know, Stallworth when he was there or Kenny Stills. Uh, or what, or Ted Ginn Kenny past Stills, few years. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know if he's the kind of guy that I would love to own anyways, but, I think he could definitely help my cause if he had a big preseason or, you know, was at least running with the ones. Um, but I do like Meredith a lot. Um, you know, I think, I think Meredith is, is certainly an upgrade over Brandon Coleman or Willie Sneed as terms of, in terms of athleticism. Um, do you agree with me there? Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, Brandon Coleman is the complete opposite of Willie Sneed where he's just this like freak athlete but just cannot catch can't figure out how to play football and then Willie Sneed is just this jag athlete that's just trying to that can actually get open but just has nothing else left just has Drew Brees finding him and then him laying down and dying and then the tight end department I mean Ben Watson you know, he put it together for what one season and it was with the saints, obviously a couple of years back, but I can't imagine that, you know, he he's getting hyped up again by people as a great flyer late, which maybe is true, but again, he's 34 or 35 years old and he only did it once. <laughs> I was going to say, bro, if you're concerned about Delaney Walker's age, then Jesus Christ, you better check Ben Watson coming off his Achilles tear. No kidding. So I don't see, I mean, maybe Josh Hill is really the sleeper there still. Uh, I fell in love with him once and it didn't work out. So I'll probably stay away from that position completely. Uh, Moving on to the Falcons. So every podcast you hear, Tevin Coleman, huge buy, huge buy. Got to have him on your team. He's going to be a free agent. Going to be the next Jared Coleman, 
or uh, Jarek McKinnon, sorry. So uh, you're, where do you lie with Tevin Coleman? Is that somebody you're interested in? No, because his price is too high right now because, like you said, the Jarek McKinnon stuff. Um, I like watching those uh, really fast straight line kind of one cut and go guys, but I don't think he even profiles as like a huge receiving back. I mean, he scored, you didn't, if you don't know now, you know, a couple weeks ago and it, and it was just about the total number of touchdowns he scored and it was just outrageous. I can't, I can't buy into him right now. I mean, what do you think you have to pay for him right now? A late first, you can't even get him for a second. Can you? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think you have to give a first or, you know, even if you try to put together a player um, with a second round pick, I mean, I don't even know who that might be. Like maybe, maybe like a Kalen Bellage or a Himes and a second could maybe get there. I don't know. I don't even know. That doesn't even seem like it gets there to me. I, I, I think overall, if I look at the Falcons offense, if I go back to their Super Bowl year, they were on fire. You know, you can say Kyle Shanahan, you can say whatever you want. Um, then last year was a dud year. I feel like this year, kind of like the Panthers in the in the past, I feel like it's where they have this super high year and then a bad year next. I feel like the the year after, so this year for the Falcons, falls somewhere in between. So I feel like I can see a lot of the Falcons players' statistics going up um, slightly from last year. Still not as high as their Super Bowl year. But I, I me personally, I'm buying a lot into Devontae Freeman this year, especially in redraft formats. Dynasty, he's still pretty expensive, and I'm not into buying back end of their career running backs. But I think he's going to be, I don't want to say he could be the Todd Gurley of this year for redraft, but he seems like the kind of guy who's going, you know, late second, early third, where you can put him together with like a stud in like a seasonal league and really, really clean up, And in my personal opinion. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, if you listen to... Um... Matthew Berry's 100 facts, which I did um, already, or you, you know, you can read that. Listen, after his- he after he checked my girlfriend at my at my times tits out coming out of the cheesecake factory, I don't listen to any shit that guy says. Freaking talented, Mister Roto's a, a freaking boobs guy. Yeah. So he he put in a couple things in about Freeman and how consistent he has been. Um, I do think he's a, he's a good player. I do think he's you know someone definitely for redraft. I don't know. Um, again, he falls into the going to get hurt this year line for me. Um, but I, I'm still not really a Coleman guy either. I think if I had to choose between the two, I'd want Freeman, even at his price, like you're saying. Um, Coleman, I mean, I don't even know that teams would really want him that bad. You know, he doesn't – he's not a guy that does anything great, I don't think. You know what you're saying? Like, just like you said, he doesn't seem like – he profiles like an incredible pass catcher. Derek McKinnon was a really good pass catcher. You know, he still finished 17th, I think, last year um, in terms of running backs and PPR scoring. So, you know, I don't know that Coleman has really shown any dominant skill. Um, so, and plus he has to land somewhere that you want him to land. So, yeah, I'm not really into him, um, but I can see what you're saying about Freeman. Moving on to the Panthers here, you know, what I want to talk about in Carolina you know, people have kind of already, you know, used this DJ Moore idea to say that Devin Funches sucks. Uh, I don't, I don't know that I think Funches is great, but I think for years we've been saying that they needed to add talent, you know, to the receiving core. And so I want to know, you know, does DJ Moore automatically unseat Funches, or 
are they just going to work together, work well together and add more targets? I mean, are you more concerned with the fact that McCaffrey, Olsen, and those two are fighting over the football? What's your take on, on the targets in Carolina? Well, I'll tell you what, Dave Hubbard, one of the best fantasy players in the freaking world is all in on DJ Moore, and that kind of perks your ears up. Um, I don't know where the targets are going to go this year um, in Carolina. I've never been a Funches guy, never been a McCaffrey guy. I feel like DJ Moore is going to get a fair share of targets, but I don't think it's going to be enough to get him into the wide receiver two range at all. I feel like he's going to be a kind of low end wide receiver three type guy. So I'm, I'm thinking in like the 80, 90 target range, which I think is just enough to sap some from Christian McCaffrey and from Devin Funches. So I don't have a, a solid take on who I would like out of this whole offense. Cause I think um, Greg Olson takes some away. DJ Moore takes some away. I've never been a Curtis Samuel guy. I don't think he, he really comes in and does anything. I kind of was kind of didn't really understand that pick in general. I think that this offense doesn't have one standout player that's going to demand volume. So this is not somewhere I'm personally going to invest any draft capital in. I'm going to stay unless it's Cam Newton. I would, I would always go Cam Newton for his uh, rushing upside, but no piece of this offense, whether it's CJ Anderson or Chris McCaffrey from the running backs or any of the wide receivers really interest me in particular. Um, How about you? Are you still going to stay on your Funchess McCaffrey train? Well, I love McCaffrey. I'm going to stay on him for sure. Um, Funchess, I don't know. I mean, it's it's funny because I had him in more places a couple years back, and I kind of bailed early. Um, and now I have him on the big league, and it's he's kind of our wide receiver five or six, where I don't really, you know, I don't even really care to see what happens with him. I'd rather flip him now, and and not even and not even pay much attention to. It. I think you're right. I don't know that Cam, although he scores fancy points, I don't think he's good enough to you know, keep this many people at the top of their position, you know, like he's not going to, I mean, he can, he's obviously going to spread the ball around, but he's not going to spread the ball around like Brady and throw it 50 times um, at a high completion percentage. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I almost think I'm just going to avoid on both. I, you know, more might be a good player, but I think Funches is still going to play and proves he could handle the load. I mean, last year he had some pretty good games. Um, you know, I think maybe the guy that falls off is Olsen, to be honest. But we'll see. All right, last team for tonight, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's do the easy one. You know, we started with the easy one, Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry. Uh, I don't think you're a Rojo guy. I know you, I know Turtle's a barber guy, so am I. Talk to me about the breakdown between uh, Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. Yeah, I mean, we took it. We took at least one shot on uh, Peyton Barber a little deeper. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's completely crazy that that Peyton Barber starts this season and if he's if he excels that they stay with him for a good portion of the beginning of the season. I th- I think you could have a solid RB2 in Peyton Barber for the beginning of the season. Um Rojo's size is just it just really 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 concerns me. I mean, he's barely a barely 200 pounds kind of running back here in the league and He's never shown the pass catching ability. I just don't, there's just too many red flags with Rojo. Now, if he comes out and he tears it up and he turns into Dalvin Cook, I mean, that's fine. I, I just will have missed that. But for me, Peyton Barber is a late enough shot where I feel like you can you can tell the story where he becomes 
the starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the first couple games of the season. And if he excels at that and as a, as a pretty good prospect himself, then I, I think you got yourself a steal. Are you going to, I know you drafted Rojo in like three or four spots. Didn't you, uh, are you concerned with that it, at all? It's interesting because I, I was one of the biggest Peyton Barber guys. I mean, I really like. I really liked him last year. He had some pretty good games last year and kind of supported me there. Um, I think if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, he's one of the guys that you know kind of came out a year early because he needed to make money to support his mom or something like that. Yeah, his mom was like homeless. Um, yeah, so he he came out early and you know really could have benefited from another year in college and probably would have become you know a, a decent draft pick. So I don't really count him as a as a UDFA. Um, I think he has plenty of tools. He showed he could catch the ball, but I also really like Rojo too. I mean, what, what I like about Rojo is part of the reason I really like McCaffrey is I just think they're smart runners. I think they're fast and quick and I think they don't take big hits. I think, you know, if you watch Rojo's tape, I really, really like the way he played. Um, it's kind of a conservative style. I mean, obviously the knack on him is he, or the knock on him is he doesn't really break a lot of tackles, but he also never gets hit. You know, I mean, he's kind of shifting out of the tackle, you know, and getting tripped up by the leg or getting, you know, just a little, you know, a little blow to the side of the leg instead of just getting rocked where I almost just think that he's going to be available to me. And, you know, availability is one of the best abilities you can have. So I really, I think it does hinge on if he can catch the football um, because obviously, you know, like you're saying, size wise, McCaffrey and him can't just go, you know, take on blitzing linebackers every play. Um, but they're smart runners when they have the ball. And, you know, if they can catch the ball out of the backfield, then I think they're really going to be successful in today's NFL. So I do like both players where, and I don't even necessarily think it's going to be a split. You know, I think, I think someone, like you're saying, I think someone's going to win the job. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, that's a team that gave freaking Jacquez Rogers like 30 carries for a couple of weeks in a row. I mean, they, they'll they they'll commit to someone, so we'll see. The biggest thing right now, I, I or the hottest player, I think, right now on that team is Chris Godwin. Like, how do you feel about him? You think he beats out Deshaun Jackson, or do you think Deshaun Jackson's kind of a viable wide receiver for kind of boom-bust play for people still this year? I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of into the Godwin fact that he's going to beat out Deshaun Jackson. Like, I think Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson was a speed guy, and I think his speed's gone. So he really doesn't have any tools left in his toolbox to win. Um, but with that being said, is that position really that relevant anyways? You know, I mean, they already have the two tight ends. Um, when Winston's playing, he looks for Bray in the red zone. So um who knows if he gets off to a pretty rough start. We talked about that a couple of weeks back. You know, I think I look for OJ Howard to probably outperform Bray at the beginning of the season until Winston comes back. Mike Evans should get his targets. And if, you know, we have these two running backs having success, I don't think that Godwin's a guy that can ever be started by a team with confidence. So, I mean, yes, I think he's a good player. And yes, I think he's going to be the number two receiver there, but I don't think I care. I feel like he's just one of those extrapolations like the people see a good Penn State wide receiver and Allen Robinson and then the next guy that comes out that's a similar sized good athlete they kind of just almost put Allen Robinson's humongous season on him I don't know if that even makes sense but that's kind of how I how I feel about some of these guys they see these same school prospects and they just kind of extrapolate 
one player. Well, it's funny because isn't isn't Deshaun Hamilton better than him? Yeah, Deshaun's um, more of a possession guy. I mean, like he was a better receiver, classes. and nobody's talking about him. Um, and he went to where Denver, right? Denver. Yep, Denver. They should be though. But I mean, yeah, he is. I think he's a better receiver than Godwin, and Godwin's getting all this hype. Um, and it's like nobody nobody's talking about Hamilton, so. Um, I think he might be someone I'd rather own. Obviously, like we said, you'd wait on him for a year, so I'm not really into that. But I think he could be someone that is actually a type of player that I would want on my teams as opposed to you know, just a big play threat on an offense that has plenty of other mouths to feed. All right, so that's going to do it for the, um, the two division um, talks for today. But we do have an if you don't know, now you know. So are you ready for... Uh, today's if you don't know now you know yeah i basically just like guessing the college so let's do this oh i think you're gonna get this one so we are keeping it in the in the afc south uh and today we're gonna go with a guy that i really kind of like as a buy low lamar miller miami yeah i knew you'd know the you uh, i love my I, I had a love affair with lamar miller for a little too long and then he's one of the guys he finally got his gig and i was like ah kind of over this guy <laughs> so how old is he he's 28 27. Yeah, he might be turning 28 pretty soon. Uh, let's talk about last season. How many rushing yards do you think he had? He had 1,000 and 1050. He had only 888. Fuck. And I think he played 16 games, actually. I didn't write that down, but I'm pretty sure all 16. How many rushing touchdowns? Six. Three. <laughs> Way overestimating this guy. <laughs> how many receptions? 32. 36. Pretty good there. Uh, for 327 yards, how many receiving TDs? Oh, zero. Three. So he finished with six touchdowns. Yeah. Um, all right. So now what is his career high for rushing yards? That's probably it. No, he actually cracked 1,000 multiple times. Uh, his <laughs> highest was 1,099. Uh, career high for rushing touchdowns? Six. Eight. Um, same season as that. And career high for receptions? 45 47 pretty good there 397 yards and last year's three receiving touchdowns was his career best um okay last question how many games last year did he have of over 10 points in ppr score not not many i would say um wait over 10 10's not in pbr so i would say 12 he actually had 10, yeah. Yeah, so he had a so, lot of – they were probably just barely over 10, though. You're exactly right. He had a lot of games right around 10, 11, 12. Um, obviously, if he scores a touchdown in a game, you get pretty close there. Um, but what's interesting is none of the last four. So he started off with 10 of the first 12 games as over 10 points, and then the last four, nothing. And he had a knee injury, but it was it you know it was described as a bruise. I don't know what your thoughts are there. Um, but you know, why don't you go ahead? I've already kind of hinted that I think he's a buy low. What do you think about Lamar Miller right now? Well, I just think he's one of those typical guys that was like, what I really liked about him in Miami is he was like a home run threat. Like you were, you were every time he, every game that they gave him a couple of carries, like even like a handful of carries, he was busting these long runs for touchdowns. And you were like, wow, if this guy ever gets 15, 20 carries in a game, he is going to just be electric. And then he gets the lead gig in Houston and he's like, well, I'm going to get 300 carries now. I've got to gain all this weight and get slow as hell. 
and be a plotter through the middle. And then that's kind of how I feel his like freaking career has went. Now he's just this 800 yard three touchdown guy because he's just trying to tote the rock all these times. So I think he is a buy low to some extent. But I mean, do you think what my bigger concern is, do you think he was going to get replaced or do you think it was it was the Texans plan to replace him with Deontay Foreman before Deontay Foreman ended up tearing his Achilles? Or what do you think is like their like long term or multi year plan? Was? I mean, you I you got to think that it was probably more of you know the traditional Foreman's a first and second down guy and Miller's you know back to his home run hitting himself if if everything went well. Um, but you know I I mean I don't know I don't think uh, Foreman showed well but I don't I don't have confidence that he's going to be able to stick in the league. I mean he just tore his Achilles and he was a big back to begin with. Um, same thing as, you know, everything else in that Texans offense, it's a limited sample size. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that was their plan to just completely replace him. I mean, Foreman wasn't the stud college player though, really either. He had one good year. So I don't know that, you know, they really believe that he was going to, you know, transform the position for them. Do you? No, I mean he he showed really well in the right before he tore his Achilles. He had a couple of pretty good games. But I think like you pointed out with the statistics this past year, he Lamar Miller is the perfect buy low this year. But just know that you're getting a middle of the pack RB2 for your lineup. You're not getting you're not buying him and hoping he's going to ascend back to the prospect that that I thought he was in Miami. He's going to be a 10, 11, 12 point kind of guy. And I don't necessarily know that his ceiling's all that high because he's never going to score. He's never going to give you a three touchdown game. He's never going to give you a 200 yard game. So he's a middle of the pack. RB. He's a Marshawn Lynch. If you, if, if you have my opinion, he's the same thing. He's the same type of RB two. And I think he's this, he's the, he's the, uh, trademark mantownfootball.com RB two where, you know, if you're looking for a guy that's not going to cost you the week, I think it's Lamar Miller. I don't think he's going to win you any weeks, though. But he's not going to. If that's your weakest position in your lineup, he's a fine guy to put there. Yeah, definitely, and he's a guy you can get a little later. I definitely think he's a guy that you, yeah, you can trust in your RB position. If you if you have the murderer's row of wide receivers, like I would try to make, and in the four, the two flex and the two wide receiver positions, and you were running out a Lamar Miller. Marshawn Lynch tandem. I, I wouldn't be too opposed to that, to be honest with you. All right, cool. Um, you know, normally we'd wrap this up right now, but since it's just me and you, and we probably are going to do this right after we, you know, go off the air, you want to talk about any guys that you're desperately trying to acquire or, uh, you know, what, what's your current, um, you know, your current fantasy plan. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I'm desperately trying to acquire, Amari Cooper and Sammy Watkins at their current prices. Like I can't get enough of those guys, but I can't find a way to get it done. Um, you know, I'm really high on those two guys right now at their prices. Um, we talked a little bit. I talked with Turtle today about I'm a big Marquise Goodwin guy. Um, so of course Turtle responded by sending me offers for my best players. <laughs> I'll give you Marquise Marquise Goodwin for Amari Cooper. Uh, so you know, we had to have a you know. I delay the smackdown on that a little bit, but are there any guys, you know, right now that you think are criminally undervalued that you're trying to acquire? Well, I mean, just to start off with the guys you're talking about, I think that those are your perfect guys that cost 
middle of the pack wide receiver two to high end wide receiver three value in terms of ADP. And those are the kind of guys that could ascend into the top 12. Like there's, there's only maybe, you know, 20, 25 guys that could even have a chance of being a top 12 wide receiver. And those guys are definitely in there and they're definitely acquirable at this point. So if you told me next year that Sammy Watkins getting paid like the third or fourth highest amount in the NFL is like ended up getting 1200 yards and 10 touchdowns, I would be like, yeah, that kind of fits. So we don't know who Patrick Mahomes is going to like. He might like the guy who's getting all the money. I'm not sure. So those are definitely two guys I really like and two guys, um, two guys I think are definitely worth trying to acquire right now. But for me, I mean, we, we've, and my, a lot of my team has been looking at some of the tight ends. So t- tight end landscape, like who can you get, who's even acquirable now? Because the top end guys, the Ertzes, the Kelsey's, the Gronkowski's are are too expensive right now. Like people know what they have. They're not going to kind of give them away. So I'm trying to find that next tier of guys. I'm trying to get a Delaney Walker who has this year, maybe hopefully next year, and then grow a young guy behind him or grow one of these or test out one of these like injured guys. So I would be trying to acquire Tyler Eifert right now. Some of the young guys I like are um, Gerald Everett. I love Gerald Everett. I want to try to get him on every single team. I mean, just being the first pick of the Rams, really, I can't, I can't get that off my, out of my mind. Um, I mean, I sent an offer out this week for DD Westbrook, just cause I started watching some of his, uh, some of his tape. I kind of was into that. Um, I can't really think of anyone right else, uh, right off the bat though. Well, as far as tight ends, I mean, I would urge you to look at my boy, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, I think he is someone who produces like those season vets and just nobody seems to be in love with him, even if they own him. You know, most most owners, when they have a guy, they love him. He just seems like a guy that everyone's so blah about and nobody really cares if they have him or not. So I, I would say try to target him maybe. Um, you know, cheaper, as far as those, want, old, want, as far as those older tight ends, we were lucky to get a couple of those, you know, in March. You know, we added Jordan Reed somewhere. We added Greg Olson somewhere. Um, for pretty cheap, like late second round picks, you know, when people were obsessed with rookies, that was a great time to go after those, those old guys, um, with rookie picks. Um, so we pulled that off. We're happy about those guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not with you on, on Didi, I don't think. Um, but I do think there's a lot of late, this is the time of year where everyone's shopping. All the late guys are available. You know, I mean, anybody's available for a third right now, pretty much. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, everyone's dude, worried about cut down. Yep. And- especially, I was going to say, especially in FFPC, if you are noticing these teams that have 28 players, like they got to cut down to 20 at some point. Some guys are going to use the rationale like, hey, if I don't cut all these guys, I'm just going to get nothing for them. You know, I throw fourths out at people, to be honest with you, especially if it's marginal guys. Um, and then that's how I try to get some guys super cheap. I mean, Vance McDonald's another guy I'm trying to acquire everywhere just for the off chance that he supplants Jesse James and becomes some sort of a target guy there. Although I don't think there's like a ton of ton of extra targets in that offense. What's something I've been really struggling for is just trying to find some cheap running backs to buy. You got any recommendations for me? Well, first of all, I love the Vance McDonald move. I mean, he had a huge game in the playoffs. um, And they're saying that if he knew the offense better, he came in so late that he would have been there. Um, from the beginning so advanced mcdonald's great i can't get him away from z in our league i tried multiple times um so i think that's a great great ad right there um as far as running backs i mean 
I think I'm back on Crowell for his price. I was going to say, you know? we just got him and I'm not that in love with him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have him. It's funny. Like we have him on the team and I don't really care that we have him. You know, it's one of those where like, I don't need to start him. He's probably like our fifth running back. Um, but there's other teams where I would be desperate to have him. Um, so I'd say he's one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to these, to these best ball things that we did. And, you know, we just got like Buck Allen in like the 20th round. I know you're a fan of him. I know you have him somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. It's probably a little bit too early. I know we both love Matt Burita. Yeah. Um, I think, I think just, just per, by chance that either McKinnon doesn't pan out, either he's not used the way the world thinks he's going to be used. Breda was a pretty good player. Uh, I know that you still love him partially because of Shefty loves him. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I think late late guys, we kind of already have a pretty good idea of who we like. I don't think I'm going to say anybody here that you're not already thinking about. I mean, Peyton Barber is another one that we pretty much like late. Um, other than that, I think you're just waiting to see, you know, who's the injury. I don't – there's not too many – you know, there's not too many – running back landscapes where I can imagine a random guy taking the job. Is that, you know, in years past, like when, uh, God, who is it? What's, what's the guy from, uh, Chris the Carson. Redskins that came out of nowhere. Oh, Alfred Morris. No. Yeah. Well him and like, Oh, Rob Kelly. Yeah. Rob like, Kelly. Maybe it's just too early, but I just can't picture a team that it's not going to be one of these two guys. You know what I mean? I guess. I mean, I don't know. I think, um, I think with the Colts, I mean, I think Jordan Wilkins could emerge there. I wouldn't be surprised about that. I'm waiting to, I, I would flip the shit out of him too. As soon as he hits, I'm going to try to get get the hell off that. But, but wouldn't you say that he's one of the two guys that you're thinking? I mean, oh, him or Mac? You know, yeah, it's him Himes. or Mac. I think Himes is a different position. Okay. Okay. I can you know that. what I mean? Like, I, I guess, I guess you're right, but he's one of the two guys. I, you know, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to surprise anyone. I mean, yeah. I haven't, I haven't, I've tried, you know, we did a lot of traveling the past few weeks and, Every time I was in an airport, I went to the newsstand and was looking for a fancy book and couldn't find one I wanted. Um, but I would assume that Jordan Wilkins, because of Mike Clay and those other guys talking him up, yeah. he's got he's got to already be on the radar, right? Of most yeah, drafters, no, no. probably. Uh, yeah, as soon as ESPN starts talking about him, that's kind of where the... I think every, yeah, I don't think anyone in your home league is going to show up and not know who Jordan Wilkins is. Um, maybe in our league, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, so that was good. It was good to uh, you know get some extra thoughts in here. I mean, this is kind of the last, this is kind of the last week or two where you can outwork your owners. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, everyone kind of starts paying attention when training camp starts. So, just bounce a couple more ideas off you before, um, you know, everybody kind of gets going. So, yeah, that's I gonna would... do it for episode three. Thanks a lot for uh, joining us for this week. Uh, hopefully next week we can get together and finish up the AFC West. Um, by that time, most of the teams will kick off uh, probably when that podcast is released. I think a lot of the teams start camp around the 26th. I know that. I believe the Ravens have already started right now, right? Yes, sir. So, uh, great. They got to start right now. Hopefully they have the extra 10 days to figure out who the hell is going to play receiver. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks again, and uh, catch you next week. Peace.